In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen here with a Barbara Walters special episode. Uh, so it's just little old me, but don't worry, I do have a guest with us, as always, for these Barbara Walters special episode. Uh, and I'm, I'm very excited to have this guest on. Uh, he's wrestled all over the United States. He was just part of the collective this past weekend, former New South champion, uh, among other things. Uh, we are excited to have Hannah Man Dan on the show with us. Dan, welcome to the IndieCast. Thank you for having me on the IndieCast. Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much uh, wrapped it all up collective this weekend worked all over the place uh former new south champion haas tournament winner uh just done a lot of things a lot of fun stuff definitely well we're we're excited to talk to you about all that more uh uh, dan we're going to start the episode the way we do with every episode it's like what we like to call the lightning round uh it's where we get rid of uh some of those really basic dumb questions that every podcast tends to ask you, we're just going to do them in a really quick manner to blow right by them so we can get to the interesting stuff from there. Um, and usually how our uh, lightning round goes, we usually uh, fall right off the rails by about question three. Uh, so oh, get ready. Uh, question one, uh, the one that you normally get to hear, uh, who trained you and when did you debut? Well, I debuted uh, February 2002. I started training uh, October of 2001 in Center, Alabama, under the tutelage of uh, Chief Little in, which was a local guy out of Georgia who uh, did some uh, WCW NWA underneath matches. And uh, he was my initial trainer. Uh, a lot of my stuff's just learned along the way. Uh, trained under Jack Lord in Alabama for a while. Um, uh, and just tons and tons of seminars and on the job training. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. They, they, big schools didn't exist in the Southeast at that time like right. they do today. And it is impressive how much the, the you know, kind of this area, your area of the South is really starting to, uh, to gain some traction. But we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in a moment. Uh, question number two for the lightning round. What is your first wrestling memory? My first wrestling memory, like not not me wrestling, but just period. Uh, you can you could answer that question both ways, quite honestly, if you like. Uh, we've had uh, people answer both, but the question was geared more towards yes, before you started wrestling. But I would okay. love a uh, an early wrestling memory too. Well, um, I first was introduced to wrestling just like a lot of people, and that's by their grandmother. Uh, we would go to the the mom and pop video rental store, and I didn't even really like wrestling or even know what it was. I just saw these gigantic Coliseum home video clamshells with wonderful artwork for Royal Rumble and. WrestleManias, and I started renting them and then watching them over and over again, renting more. Uh, the very first match I really remember affecting me watching it was um, was the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan when I was about five or six. Oh, God. And WrestleMania, was that WrestleMania six? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And what, what was it? I'm going to break the, the cycle a little bit here. What was it about that particular match that, that kind of caught your eye? I mean, just these, it was just the larger than life characters. Uh, just these, these huge muscled up dudes, just it, all the power and glory and just, just really going at it, telling a great, great struggle story, you know, 
That's yeah. just it. Just got and the colors. I love the, all the colorful characters. Definitely, definitely a bright era of wrestling at that at yes. that point in time. Nothing. You're not wrong with that. So, uh, question number three for you, sir. Uh, you uh, are very famous to known to be wrestle uh, to wrestle barefoot. Uh, who, other than yourself, obviously, who is the best barefoot wrestler of all time? Hmm, the best barefoot wrestler of all time. Gosh, that's a tough one. I mean, whenever whenever you say barefoot wrestler, I just by default I think of you know Superfly Jimmy Snuka. He was the first person I ever saw that wrestled barefoot. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's that 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 would probably be the number one. I mean, he's probably the most famous barefoot wrestler to my knowledge, aside from like the Von Erichs. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Snooker and Kevin Von Erich are always the two that immediately <laughs> jump to mind for me too. So, um, you are obviously Cabana Man Dan. Uh, what is your favorite tiki drink? Hmm, uh, pina colada. Very nice. And then, uh, final question on the lightning round—the one we have to ask everybody: uh, Marvel or DC, and why? Um. Well, I'm. Um... Despite my dad owning a comic book store, I'm not a huge comic book guy, but when it comes to like movies, uh, I believe it's Marvel. Um, okay. The whole, all the Avengers movies are pretty awesome. I, but, uh, and then some of the DC ones are not so good. So I guess, I guess by default, Marvel. <laughs> okay. And how, how, now how long has your dad owned a comic book store for? Pretty much my whole like childhood. Um, okay. As far as I remember back, he, he had, he had one from like 1990. I think he sold it. I think in like the middle two thousands. So he had okay. it most of my childhood. So, but you never got you never got into it. Even being, I guess, was it too much part of your life at that point in time, or was it just uh, something that uh, just, just never interested you? Just never super interested. I was actually I was more into the Magic the Gathering card okay. game because of that. Um, that's what I was around a lot with, and 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 toys and stuff. Okay. Was that what was that like the the kind of the game side of things? Was that more what your interest was what, as a as a kid? Did you yes. uh, like yes. in high school? Did you continue through with that or I did. I, I played Magic the Gathering all through high school. I had a lot of people taught how to play the game. I, I before I got into wrestling, like on Friday nights, I'd be playing Friday Night Magic at my dad's store. Okay, very cool. So um, now uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the collective weekend experience. Uh, I, I, uh, know that you were part of the clusterfuck, uh, and by the way, bad language is completely allowed. I forgot to say that <laughs> pre-show. So by all means, curse away if you like. Um, but, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your experience being a part of, uh, Joey Janela's spring break and specifically the, uh, the clusterfuck itself. Well, I mean, you know, I, the news broke on, uh, Friday night that I was going to be a part of that. And I, I got to thank a lot of people. Uh, Brett Lauderdale, Joey Janela specifically for, you know, welcoming into, into the, the clusterfuck because that's, that's been one of my, like, I've got to be in this thing at Joey Janela spring break because it just makes too much damn sense for me not to be hitting people with, hitting fools with foot flops. But it was actually a Twitter thing that probably helped me out because like maybe three weeks ago, I was looking at, I mean, I was always planning on going to the collective because I've got friends from Alabama that were working shows, but I didn't have any bookings at all. And people were like, what the fuck? Why is Cabana Man Dan not wrestling anything this weekend? You know, this guy's like 15 years in, had a bunch of stuff at the original collective uh, last year. This year had a few things. Everything got canceled. Come fast forward, even even Southern Underground Pro, where I'm like a regular, they just, they just didn't have anything for me. 
Um, and it was kind of a, kind of a grassroots campaign by, I think, Rocket City Mark and some other New South fans. It's like, what can we do to get this guy in here? So they just started sharing it and sharing it. And then I got the word that uh, Friday that I was in it. Very nice. Huh? Now, how much do you think overall, and this is something that we, we kind of talk a lot about on this show, um, do you think that social media nowadays has a has a play in your career and, and how it and, you know, how you kind of g- get across and um, how much do you think like the character with, you know, with obviously like the, you know, the flip flop chops and stuff like that. Uh, how much do, do you think that kind of kind of um, helps extend your career as well? And what advice would you have after you kind of answer that for other people that are starting to come up in building character and building that social media kind of uh, presence like, like what you have right now? Well, I can say that I had 10 years of a career without social media really even being a thing because wrestling from 01 to 2010, like you had MySpace and that's about it. Right. And, and, and then towards the end of that decade, you were barely getting Facebook. So going that news traveled very slow back then. Reaching out to people was very slow. I had to literally mail VHS tapes to shows. And I had to hear about shows through the locker rooms because you can't just Google something back in 2003. Right. So fast forward to now, it's like I resurfaced outside of the Southeast for Nova Pro. And that caught wind a lot faster because it was on Twitter. People were gifting, you know, stuff I was doing. And it just everything news travels so much faster for good or bad. Um, and then people listen, people listen to Twitter, whether it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, people are going to know about it a lot quicker. And then there's like, um, you know, if somebody, if somebody has like a breakout weekend, like a Calvin Tankman or, or, or the story with a uh, juicy, the guy that flew in from California. Yes. And once it was shared that this guy flew himself from California to help set up the ring, he was he got a spot in the clusterfuck. He got a spot in Paradigm. He's a fantastic dude. He really showed out. And I mean, now he now he's booked for GCW again this weekend. So, you know, he's got a lot of eyes on him. That's just that's just how it works. Do you so since you've kind of had the experience of, of both sides of it, the pre-internet, you know, kind of pre-internet and pre-social media days and the current social media days, do you kind of have a preference for for which one? Oh, now, definitely. Now. I mean, the the things I've been able to take part in, because I got back into wrestling in 2016, those four years, especially the last two years, I was able to do more, see more, get out more versus the first 10 years of my career to where people never really even knew. I, I didn't even really even travel out of the South, you know, 15 years ago. So it, it's just it's just crazy. Right, and now here, here you are all over, all over the U.S. Uh, trying, flight, I'm trying. So, hey, you're, you're doing <laughs> and I, I got to so give, give a shout out though. I mean, nine times out of ten, when I've had to buy my way to get into a show, and that's like renting a car, flying myself on my own dime. Nine times out of ten, it leads to nothing. And when the one time it did, it's usually something amazing. It happened to me. It happened to Ju- uh, Juicy. So just, you know, with young guys, don't get discouraged, man. People don't become an overnight success overnight. And I'm definitely not a success yet. But 15 years in, 35, I feel like something's starting to give. 
So you just got to be patient, trust the process, and just be the best person you can be. Don't be a creep. Don't be problematic. Just be a, pro- just be a professional. Look the part. Act the part. And interesting, you, you talked about creeps, and, and this is another topic that somehow sadly comes up a lot on our, in, uh, on our show, is creeps both obviously backstage and sometimes in the audience and things as well. And obviously we had a big thing recently with the, you know, the speak out movement and things like that. Do you think wrestling is doing better lately at policing themselves from some of the creeps that were out there, or is there still a lot of work to be done? There's always work to be done. I mean, if, if 10 people came out, there's a hundred that hadn't said anything yet because they're scared to. Right. Um, it's gonna, I mean, it's going to get better, but you know, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. A lot of us, there's, there's several people that's messed up and hadn't made a mistake yet, but they should just kind of see what it can do to do to people. I mean, you know, entire businesses and companies and schools over the past year have shut down and they're, you know, it doesn't look like they're coming back. You know, I was part of four or five shows that got canceled and that's four or five places that I'm not wrestling anymore, not getting paid to be on. So, you know, it affects me. So. Yeah. Let me get back. Let me get back on. Uh, that was quite the motorcycle that went by. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm outside. That, that's okay. Um, what was your overall, obviously you, you were there for the weekend, uh, other than you being in the clusterfuck, you got to see a lot of other uh, things on the collective. What was some of your favorite moments from the collective? Um, other than obviously you, you being in the clusterfuck match. Well, uh, there was one show I got to sit down, take my wrestler hat off, put my wrestling fan hat on. And that was for the, for the culture on Friday night. Mm -hmm. It was just me sitting with wrestling friends, which they're just friends at that point. And we enjoyed one hell of a show, probably the best overall show of the weekend, because everybody that was booked for the For the Culture show showed all the way off. And you could just feel the passion and joy that each performer was doing. And, you know, that's something that nobody can ever take away from anybody in that show. It was just it was an amazing show. So I did I did not get to see that show yet. I am planning on remedying that very soon here. Uh, if you have one match that I need to go order that show tonight after we get done recording and go watch, what would be the match you would recommend me to go oh, see? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, it didn't, I mean, I got to give it up for the main event, Two Cold Scorpio versus AR Fox. That was dope. Uh, there was a scramble that started off the show, one of the best scramble matches I've ever seen. I mean, it, it was just it was just a fantastic event. But that's the first, first and last. Uh, so you are um, a former, uh, we've talked about a New South champion. Um, and I am very interested uh, in that title belt. Yes. How, the on gold. Yes. How, how in the blue hell, that, do you have to buy that a seat? Uh, like on a plane? <laughs> how do you? How do you get around that? That thing is absolutely monstrous. And like, you're, it's not, you're not a, a tiny person by any stretch of the imagination, but that belt, even on you looks like it goes from your, like your lower part of your chest down to like your groin. It's absolutely monstrous. Um, how, do, how do you get around with that, with that, with that big guy? I stick that thing in a nasty ass pillowcase. <laughs> way nobody thinks it's this multi thousand dollar gold belt. And then people just leave me alone. 
have, have you noticed there, there's been a thing recently, and, and I think one of them, I think, ultimately came out to be a, a bit of a, a, uh, a work, but uh, belts getting taken in, in Indy lately. Uh, oh. Another company, GCW, was just up there. Uh, a Generation Championship Wrestling had their belt stolen, and then there was a thing going on where it looked like Warhorse's belt had been stolen. Have, have you ever had an issue or you've ever lost a belt or had anything taken like that or have you lucked out no 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 like we did we did rib one of uh one of our one of our guys we were at the airport and we're like hey man will you hold the belt and you know take it through the line you got we got more baggage than you do he's like sure so they run it through the metal detector and while he was putting his shoes back on we went and grabbed the belt and hid it and then (laughs) after about five minutes of searching he started sweating and then we had to uh pull it out say hey we're just kidding but i mean i've literally had to lug that thing from someone's apartment, walk to the subway, get on a subway, uh, uh, subway. What are those things? Is that what it's called? A subway? Train, subway, a subway train. Subway train. Yeah. Sorry, we don't have those down in Alabama. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've literally had to take it on trains, ferries, uh, taxis, Ubers. Like, we, we had like a four-day weekend through uh, Boston, New York City, D.C., and Baltimore. I had to carry that thing every step of the way. So, And um, the current champion, Kung Fu Donnie Janela, Whenever the news broke that Generation Championship Wrestling's belt got stolen in India the week before, I said, "Do not let that belt leave your sight." There, <laughs> there with with great power comes great responsibilities. <laughs> Try it. Do you uh, do um, do you keep that kind of in the pillowcase the entire time while you're making those trips, or uh, do you ever like kind of like catch a kid who might be wearing like a WWE shirt or something like that and kind of show it off just as a? Uh... Uh, I, I, try, I try to just keep it. I mean, like. Okay. Well, they pull it out at the airport. I mean, they they like they all like are fascinated by it. But I try. Oh to yeah, I'm sure you got to gain a crowd then. So yeah. Well, one of the biggest kids that like it is Mikey from Black Label, Andrew Cordero at Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> they love seeing that thing. So, uh, so uh, one of the things that we do like to do on the show is uh, go through your social media. Okay. And uh, find it, find a few things that definitely make us uh, catch our eye here. Uh, one of the ones that I'm very interested in: Why are the ice climbers your go-to in Smash? <laughs> they were always fun. You know, two's better than one. Uh, you got that that uh, jump attack with where they're attached together. You got the spin attack. Because uh, it was either them or Mr. Game and Watch, but I think Mr. Game and Watch is kind of cheap. So yeah. I went with ice climbers because they're cute. I don't disagree with that one. The, 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 for both, the two over two against one is definitely an interesting thought <laughs> on that one. Um, continuing on the video game thought here, uh, you had a major victory over Nasty Leroy in 2K recently using the big, <laughs> using the big boss man. Uh, is boss man your go-to, or uh, who, do you, who do you normally like to use when you're playing uh, 2K? Well, I haven't played the newest one until the other day, but I wanted him to use big boss man earlier that day so I could hear his music. He wouldn't pick him. He just kept picking himself because that's what he does. Uh, so whenever it was my time to play, he uh, I chose Big Boss Man, and I didn't know what I was doing at first. And he should have beat me, but he kept he kept letting me up when he was pinning me. And it was like it was like a classic uh, faux pas in wrestling. He kept letting me up until I finally hit that Boss Man slam and went for the immediate pin one two three. Nice. Yeah, because you weren't letting him up from that point. That's... No, no, I'm not. I mean, that's all he does: play video games. I'm not going to let him up. I didn't know how to let him up. But, uh, now for he did, for he did beat Joey Janela afterwards. Uh, he he was playing nice. him in the ladder match. So we were just having a two K night after after the clusterfuck. 
Is there a a particular wrestling game that is that is your favorite? Well, let's see. One that's near and dear is uh, I'm really fond of the N64 uh, mm-hmm. games. That's what I grew up with because you know 99, 2000, 2001. I was in high school, and when we would get done backyard wrestling on Saturdays, every Saturday, we would play WrestleMania 2000 because that's what was out at the time, or NWO versus uh, WCW Revenge. Those two yep. games were like my jam back in the day. No Mercy's great, but those two were like special to me because that, that, it was that time in my life whenever I played a lot of it and right. had these friends. Now, I'm interested, you mentioned before, uh, after you got done backyard wrestling, and I think all of us have had our, our little time doing that, especially <laughs> back in, the, you, and, you and I aren't too, too I, I'm, you know, graduated 94, so we're not too, too far off here. Mm. Um, so... I guess depending. I think we're probably about eight to ten years difference. Okay, but so okay. it yeah. still it still seemed to hit in that time frame. So yeah. Um tell me so tell me a little bit what was your character when you were backyard wrestling? Um, oh, I was Cabana this, Man Dan from day one. Okay. Buddy. So okay, so this, so you've religiously had this this has been your thing from the from moment age, you came so, age fourteen. Twenty one years. Very cool. So what and what what was it about the what where did you kind of come up with the idea for it then at back at fourteen? Well, um, at the time, Rob Van Dam was a big deal. I mean, he still is, but he was like really, really popular. I liked the RVD, and I wanted to do something that's an Islander uh, character. Okay. Also fun. So I kind of liked Too Cool at the time, too. So I was like trying to meld all these characters together. And Shark Boy, too. My gosh. I liked him a lot, too. So, (laughs) and that was off of the MTV True Life uh, uh, show. And, and I, I did have a I did have a fanboy moment with Shark Boy because I, I would have regretted if I didn't. Uh, sure. Over the weekend, but that's just where it all came from. You know, all these characters meshed together. Uh, it, it, the, it the name rolls off the tongue. It's 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 one you hear and you kind of you kind of remember it. Definitely. So, and yeah, t- talk to me a little bit about meeting because I did see Shark Boy, pictures of Shark Boy at the uh, at the collective this weekend. So, tell me a little bit what it was like meeting uh, meeting Shark Boy. All right, so I was real nervous, right? <laughs> and I just and he was getting there, and people were, you know, he's he's catching up with old friends like uh, Nate Webb and and uh, uh, Flash Flanagan, all that all that crew from back in the day. And I was like, man, I really just want to talk to him. I I said hate to him when he's walking in. I was like, man, I really just got to talk to him. So, in between, I don't know, conversations, he was walking around. I said, hey, I'm Cabana Man Dan. I just really just I just want to tell you a few things. Is <laughs> okay? And I was like. You were the reason I went to my first independent wrestling show back in 2001 because I saw you on the MTV True Life and you were at you were at Jersey Championship Wrestling for the Jersey J Cup. You were on the flyer and I just had to meet you. So we had met back then. I got a, a picture and a shirt and mm-hmm. then it was I was just like, you're you're in my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. And I don't know if you ever hear that, but you're like one of the main reasons I got into wrestling. And he's like, okay. I think I was kind of shocked that I was like uh, gushing so hard, but I mean, it's, it's true. Right. I mean, I've got, I've got the tweets to prove who's in my Mount Rushmore and he's in it. So there you go. And it, um, is, so I know they always say, uh, don't, don't meet your heroes, but obviously you just did from there. Do you think, does that hold true? It sounds like it sounds like it does. No, no, he was, he was wonderful. Um, we got a picture after the clusterfuck and, you know, talk for another few minutes and, exchange pleasantries on Twitter and it was it was really nice. I mean, we're all in wrestling because we're fans of wrestling and fans of wrestlers. So 
if you've got a favorite wrestler and you have a chance to meet him or her, just do it because you're going to regret it if you don't. No. You know, interesting that you kind of mentioned that, you know, we're, we're you know, even the, the wrestlers are all fans of wrestling and that's why they got into it uh, for the most part, unless you're Brock Lesnar and um, <laughs> you got into it for money, but that's a whole well, other story. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I have a question about a specific word that um, I know my feelings on it. I think we've talked about it on the, the show before, but I'm interested in your thought about it because you mentioned you're all fans. What's your thought on the term Mark? I think it's derogatory. Okay. Um, I mean, there's people that definitely deserve that term, but people that come to a new South show, people that buy my t-shirts off pro wrestling tees or ask me on Twitter, ads me, you're either fans, friends. I mean, at the base, at the, at the very bottom of it all, you're at least a customer. And my job is to provide that customer with a good experience. And that's you not think derogatory. It, no. Do you think it gets overused? I, 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 I haven't heard it as much lately. At least I haven't. Uh, but um, this is coming from, you know, fan and podcaster. Uh, I'm not sure, like, backstage, is it, still a, is it still a thing? Or is, that the, is it starting to lose its, lose its luster? I think a lot of the a lot of that the terminology is kind of losing its luster. It's not cool. It's not hip to know these old school terms for stuff. I mean, I mean, Mark Mark's a derogatory term. It's, it comes from carnival days, you know, carny days. Whenever they'd see somebody with money, they'd make a mark on their back. That means these guys have money, so you need to squeeze these people. And that's just not an experience that I would want to be part of. You know, everybody works hard for their money. Everybody's on the same playing field. Just come in. You buy a ticket. Everybody's equal. Very nice. I like it. Well, um, I'm going to get back slightly onto my my original video game topic here because I do notice that you had mentioned that uh, your little one had recently gotten you into Among Us. Um, yes. So, so, tell me. I I have not done anything with it yet, and uh, I I my my kids are not playing it. But tell me tell me a little about and sell me on Among Us a little bit. Should I go Should I go make the uh, the download? Well, it's free for one, um, and it's pretty child friendly. It's all age friendly. Uh, it comes it comes with the censorship already turned on. Uh, you don't get to like know or friend anybody really. But what it is to me, it's like a it's like an arcade version of Ch- of uh, of Clue. Okay. Um, you know, there's ten people. One of them's one of them's a murderer. One of them's an imposter. So everybody's got tasks, but you have to pretend to be doing tasks. And while nobody's looking, you kill somebody. And then when someone discovers that body, everybody gets in a chat room. It's like, okay, so what'd you see? So you're 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 doing that, but it's also bluffing too, because you could have been that killer and said, oh, I saw this guy do it. And then if you're the first one to say that, usually everybody believes you. So it's 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 really fun. I'll have to go look that one. And up. the games take like five minutes, so you okay, can sit down, play, and then three hours later, you've played twenty games. <laughs> Now, uh, we, it, it, uh, nary an, an IndieCast episode goes by that we don't ask at least one food question. Um, Ooh, okay. And uh, so uh, you had on your uh, Twitter recently that you had had banana bread French toast, which sounds absolutely amazing to me. Uh, and you kind of listed it as your top five breakfast. Um, so since that was in the top five, uh, where does that kind of rank in that top five? And what would you say is the be- best breakfast you've ever oh, had? Oh, gosh. I, I just used kind of top five a little loosely. I mean, it could be the number <laughs> one. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of other fantastic breakfast experiences. I mean, 
you know, we eat a lot of breakfast food on the road, whether it's IHOP or Waffle House. But that uh, Logan Square Pancake House is pretty dope. Um, I'm trying to think of other really good breakfasts. I'm on Keto Dot, so my breakfasts are all the same now. It's just egg. It's just chicken eggs, duck eggs, and bacon every day. <laughs> um, crap. I don't know. I guess, I guess if I can't remember any of them, I remember that one. That might make it, make it number one then. Might make it number one. So, <laughs> now, you, you mentioned IHOP and uh, Waffle House. Which is your preference between those, between those two uh, uh, giants? Waffle House. I mean, they're, 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 they're always there. They're always more reliable. And if the scummier the cook is, the better the food is. That's I've noticed that, too. Um, and a quick shout-out to the, the, the top five breakfasts, the French toast breakfast. I don't like orange juice, but Logan Square Pancake House has the best fresh orange juice I've ever had in my entire life. Okay. So that was even more memorable than the than the French toast uh, banana bread was the orange juice. Very nice. So now I know you said now I know you said you're on keto right now, so you probably haven't had this in a while. But uh, when you go to Waffle House, I know they're obviously it's Waffle House, but for me, uh, going into Waffle House is always for the hash browns. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your what is your typical hash brown order at Waffle everything. House? Everything, a double order everything. of hash browns with everything, everything. The chili, so the you gravy, everything. Okay, you don't leave anything out. Okay, no, no, Very I like everything. With a pecan waffle, extra brown, uh, limp bacon, and eggs over hard. Why limp bacon? I, I like chewy bacon. Okay, I don't like I don't like crispy bacon. I don't disagree with you in any way, shape, or form on that one. It's just interesting. You're one of <laughs> It's, it, I think you and I are the only people that have ever actually gone for the go for the chewier bacon. I mean, I like the chewy. It's got to be I'll... cooked, but it needs to be chewy. So, yep, absolutely. Otherwise, it's just burnt. Exactly. So, yeah, now, um, you are a um, you are uh, much like me, also also a dad. Uh, you've yes. talked about your kid on online a little bit. What's it like being a dad and being an independent wrestler? How does uh, how does your kid react? How is a uh, what's it, how is it like? You know, traveling every weekend. Tell me a little bit about the experience of it. Well, when she was younger and when I wasn't traveling as far out, she would go to New South or other local Alabama shows with me. Uh, she's actually went to IW Mid-South one time, which was crazy. She's making wow. she's made more towns than a lot of people in the state. But uh, as she gets older, you know, she's got stuff she's got to do. She's got dance classes. She's got recitals, competitions. She's in plays, Girl Scouts. So she hasn't come on the road with me much anymore. And just with a lot of stuff that's gone down this year, I really don't want her coming with me, unfortunately. Sure. Um, but it gets hard, you know, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a trainer now. Um, so on Friday nights, I'm the New South Academy trainer with Donnie Janella. Um, so that's time away. If I, if I got a show, that's time away. It gets hard. You know, she asks, she asks more frequently, why do you wrestle all the time? Which I really don't wrestle that much. It's just, it's just a lot to do all the time. And that gets hard. Sure. Um, it, it gets hard watching recitals on on uh on your phone or on facetime um and you just hope that one day all this sacrifice i mean i know they're only young once but maybe you put enough into it uh the machine's efficient enough to give you back something and that's what i'm kind of hoping for And, and that hope is a financial lifestyle that my family deserves i mean not like a multi-millionaire but just comfortable and that's all I want, you know, whether it's in the ring, out of the ring, behind the scenes, training, whatever. You know, I love wrestling. It's all I ever wanted to do. It's all I want to continue to do. 
Very nice. And now, uh, how old was she when she went to IWA Mid South? I mean, oh gosh, that she was like maybe five. I mean, she wasn't just her by herself. She was with um, another wrestler's wife and their son. So, and when they had the death match, they went to the car. So okay. And that was going to be my question. Uh, hopefully, that did like what was your what was your thought on the death match? Which was she rooting for? But okay, it just, no, it was like, she was okay, in the car. They went they went to get McDonald's. Okay, good good call probably on that one. <laughs> um, so excellent. And uh, and uh, before we kind of get to our final three questions, uh, I okay. would be remiss to uh, not ask uh, at least one question about the infamous. Flip-flop chop. Uh, I'm interested just any story that you have uh, about the flip-flop chop, whether it's when you first did it or just a, a, a funny time that you've had with it. I, I'm interested in just anything you've got on the chop. Okay. I'll try to I'll try to do the origin story quick. So I was in a battle royal in Fayetteville, Tennessee. I was wrestling barefoot because a few months earlier I broke my boot laces and then I just started wrestling barefoot because it made sense. So I was coming out with flip-flops, but I didn't do anything with them. I clapped with them, whatever, but I never hit anybody. So in a battle royal, one of the bad guys went and grabbed one of the flip-flops. And it was almost like bullet time. It was like the Matrix. Like I saw him rear back. I go, oh, my gosh, he's going to hit somebody with a flip-flop. So I ran over there, cut this guy off, gave him a boot, and I took it from him. And I started hitting everybody in the, in the battle royal. And that's how it was born. Was I, owe, I owe the wrestler Brian Sterling a lot of my career because of the flip-flop chop because he thought he would try to be slick and hit somebody with it. So, and then another funny story. So last year I tag team with a uh, superstar Bill Dundee in Tennessee. Wow. And, uh, we're combined height. We're about eight feet tall together. <laughs> so, but anyway, so at the end of the match, you know, house of fire, good guys bumping these bad guys all over the place. I hand him the flip flop and I say, here, hit him with it. And he's like, looking at it. So he starts hitting, uh, he starts hitting uh, Alan Angels, which is five from AEW in the Dark Order. So he's lighting up, lighting up five with a flip flop, just hitting him in the head with it, like not even chopping, just hitting, just like tomahawk chopping this guy in the forehead. <laughs> so that I figured this was one of those things where if I ask, "Hey, Mister Dundee, what do you think about this?" He's going to say no. But if we're out there and we're just doing it, he's going to have to do it because I've initiated it. Right. So. What was it like working with Bill Dundee? Man, that that is like, uh, um, you know, Memphis Memphis legend right there. So that's an I, impressive. I saw uh, I saw I saw my future self in that ring that night. Okay. <laughs> no, he, he it was good, man. Uh, he just kind of, uh, I mean, he just told stories in the back. You know, it was kind of one of those we'll see in the ring kind of thing. Sure. And then we just uh, worked Memphis. It was fun. It was cool. I mean, people were people were excitedly tweeting about the tag team of the year of CMD and Bill Dundee. <laughs> Bill Dundee. God, man, the stuff that he did with Lawler and mm-hmm. man, all sorts of stuff back in the day, both feuding and teaming with them over right, and over right. again ad nauseum. It's like that it never ended. So, uh, all right. Well, Dan, we, uh, I am uh, going to go to uh, what we lovingly refer to here as the uh, Trevin Adams Memorial question, even though one Mr. Adams is not, is not passed. Um, but it was his his uh, his idea that this question kind of started. Uh, it is late at night. You are obviously doing the drives. Um, you have a rumbly in your tumbly. You're a little hungry, and you're looking to stop for a place to eat. And this is let's say this is before the time frame when like every fast food joint was open 24 hours. <laughs> oh uh, yes. You you come over a hill and there is a shining beacon in front of you of food gloriousness. Is that shining beacon for you a sheet or is it a Wawa? 
oh, okay, we're going that direction. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to, let's see, we don't have either one of those here, but um, I frequent sheets because I've seen those more and I like sheets. So that would, that'd be my place. Nothing wrong with Wawa. I just don't see them as much. That's okay. And there's, and the, and sheets is the one and only correct answer as far as I'm oh, concerned. Okay. Fair That's enough. The, we are a show divided on this one, but I am definitely a hundred percent uh, team sheets on this one. So thank you for joining my team. You're now. I was, now hoping, I was almost hoping me. for uh, uh, like a, if there's not a sheets or a Wawa, but there's, if there's a white castle, you bet your ass I'm eating that white castle. Very, very nice. And sadly down here in Florida, I don't get Wawa, which, uh, or I get Wawa. I don't get sheets, which is disappointing. And I don't get white castles, but I get crystals, which is. I have, like, I'm, I'm familiar with crystals. But what are your thoughts on crystals versus white castle? Cause that you've okay, had both. So, so there's nothing thought? wrong with crystal. They're a staple of my life. I've eaten crystal way more than someone that's still alive does. Or did, uh, but I just like White Castles better. Like I think they, I think after they assemble the burger, they steam them or something like because the bun's yes. nice and soft. But crystals aren't steamed, and I think that's the big difference. And the funny part is, crystals was like a complete and utter, like legitimate straight rip off of of White Castle. Like the person who did it went and saw how they did it, and supposedly stole everything. So yeah, but well, they don't uh, think of chicken rings, so they lose. Chicken. I don't. I don't think I've had chicken rings before. Tell me about the chicken rings. Those, chicken like rings. A, it's like it's like a um, it's like an like an onion ring shaped chicken nugget. Okay. Like I don't know why, why they're this shape, but they're really good. <laughs> because we, I, we 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 went and um after the after the clusterfuck night, we ended up going through the drive-thru and between five of us spending about sixty dollars in in White Castle and it was glorious. See that doesn't seem too bad to me though. Even even no. for White Castle, for five no. for five people, especially if you're just coming off a wrestling show, that that seems about right to me. I'm I'm I. It was I, very I, fair. Show. So and then also, I someone brought me Jack in the Box that night too. So I, I I ate both of those at the same time. Now, have you had um, so uh, Jack in the Box? You don't find in too many places. Um, you cannot find In and Out in too many places, and you can't find Whataburger in too many places. Have you had any uh-huh. of those? All of them. All of them. What's your favorite of the of those three? Uh, let's see. What? Well, what were the choices? I, I, I ate, I've so, eaten all of them. I don't remember what they are already because I'm uh, stupid. In, so, In and Out, um, Jack in the Box, or Whataburger? <sighs> hmm. Yeah, I've only had I've only had In and Out one time, so I don't really super remember what that was like. Okay. I remember it was being like good, and I like Whataburger. Okay. But I think the last time I had, the one time I had Jack in the Box was in Nashville after Southern Underground. I remember really, really liking that. Okay. And even having the, the, the taco, too. But Whataburger, I like their honey butter chicken biscuit, if, if you can yes. get it. Yes, that is absolutely, you're, you're absolutely correct. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, I definitely like the Whataburger burger a lot better than the other two. I, uh, got, the, I got to go to San Antonio once and have all three. Um, wow. and I, that was like, that was like my big thing is that I, each day I taste tested one of them. Um, cause I had, I had to get the, like the final answer on it all. Um, yeah. and I thought in and out wasn't the, was the worst of the grouping and everybody makes a big deal about in and out, but I think uh, it's the I, most basic, you know, not wrong agree. with it, but yeah. it's not going to blow your socks off. I mean, exactly. between in and out, I'd rather have five guys. Five guys is absolutely amazing too. Yeah, no, that's, that definitely deserves to be way up there as well. So. So I like fast food, you see. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. I take my advice. We've done whole fast food tournament on here before, so 
uh, if we ever do another one, we'll we'll invite you back. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can break it like, down with us. It's like one of the things that I enjoy the most about being on the road is being in places where I can get food, whether it's fast food or I have to find a hipster coffee shop or a hole in the wall bar or some greasy spoon. I'm going to drag all the wrestlers to somewhere like that every time, and it drives them crazy because we're wasting time. It's usually more expensive, but I'm like, look, guys, we're from Alabama. We ain't got none of this shit. We're going to have an experience, and we're going to have a slice of New York pizza. You know, we're not just going to have McDonald's everywhere we go or Taco Bell. I mean, we get very little out of wrestling outside of the ring. We're in a car. We're on the interstate. We're in a plane. You don't get to enjoy anything. Let's enjoy stuff while we're around here. Is there one place in particular that when you're traveling, like, even, like, you're kind of zeroed in on... I'm going to get to eat at this place and even beyond this, like, oh, it's oh I White have Castle. this great man. It's White Castle. Okay. So yeah, anytime we're in the Midwest, I'm like, where's the White Castle? And the whole car is like, uh, hands <laughs> the vet, I guess. Oh, I, I do like Bojangles too. We don't have, we don't have a lot of those around here either. Really? Yeah, so I like Bojangles as well. I've had Bojangles and it didn't do anything for me. Same with like churches didn't do anything for me either. I was surprised to say, but, uh, I was hoping for so much more, but I, maybe I'll have to give it another shot based off of, I'll have gotta, to go have the, gotta have the Cajun fillet biscuit. Okay, well, that's, that's what, what I look you, for. Everything else, the sides are really good, but the fried chicken on the bones just normal. You gotta right. have the Cajun fillet biscuit. Okay, and I'll go in and tell them CMD sent me and see. What they, they won't know who you're talking about. <laughs> that's okay. Now, uh, Dan, we have uh, two questions uh, that we end every show with from here. Uh, the first one's a little dark, so I apologize in advance. But um, we in this uh, performance art that is uh, professional wrestling sadly lose a lot of talent early. Um, if there was uh, one person who is no longer with us that you could work with, wrestle with, learn from, who would it be and why? Owen Hart, period. I mean, I know Eddie Guerrero's like super amazing, probably even better. But Owen Hart, his life ended way too soon. And not at his fault. And that affected me because I was watching that pay-per-view. Right. I didn't see it happen, but it happened while I was watching. You know, they didn't show it on TV. And then the the raw after over the edge was it was rough. Yeah. Um that that would be it. I mean, I just Owen's always been my favorite heart. Um, always liked his stuff. And um I don't know. He was always my guy back in the day. Very nice. Yeah, and Owen Owen and Eddie are probably the two, probably two yeah. of our popular answers for that question. So I can see that. Uh, uh, question number two. Um, hope you're sitting. Uh, we no, here at I'm the not. IndyCast. Oh, that's a, you may want to in a minute. We oh, here no. at the IndyCast believe that all uh, all animals in nature have certain traits that uh, assist with their sur- survival. Uh, giraffes have the long neck. Rhinos have the big horns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that the human's trait is the ability to use tools. So. With that being said, Cabana Man Dan, if you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon would you use? Oh, gosh. Well, I've got to use a flip-flop, right? I would say so. I think that's totally <laughs> fair. Well, see I'm, see, I'm a big animal guy. I've got quite the collection, quite the menagerie at my own home. Very nice. I've got chickens, ducks, dogs, okay. cats, hamster, uh, betta fish. I had a, a parakeet. Um I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. Think about Cabana Man Dan as a character. I would fight a great white shark because I feel like that's that'd be like my boss, my 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 final boss in the there life of Cabana Man Dan on a raft, just floating across a 
across the seas from the Philippines. And then you see this, you see either, either a great water, you see like a, like a, like a Moby Dick whale and it swallows. You got to figure out how to get out and you got to use all you have with you is, are the flip flops. You got to make it work. Flip flop chopping away at jaws. I love yeah. It. And then I get eaten immediately. But anyways, <laughs> it would have, but but you'd you'd go down swinging at the very least. Swing That's right. Foot. I'll just I'll just oh. clap at him and maybe distract him. <laughs> uh, now, Dan, this is the uh, time in our episode where one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, this is the time where you can uh, <laughs> let people know where to find your social media, uh, uh-huh. your merchandise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The floor is yours. Well, on social media, uh, you can find me like y'all did on Twitter at Cabana Man Dan. Uh, I post pictures and videos on instagram at cabana.man.dan because without the period someone else has that name for some reason um if you like pro wrestling tees and like their stuff all my shirts are available on there i've got some of those shirts that i get printed locally that I take the shows you can get those from me as well sizes are limited and i also have enamel pins of the chicken man dan and a couple of the new south championship title pins and uh, eight by tens and all that fun stuff. Very nice. Well, Dan, once again, we do thank you for I'm gonna let yeah, that yeah. cycle go by. <laughs> we we thank you very much for for joining us on the IndyCast today. We definitely appreciate you being here with us today. And uh, to all of our dozens and dozens, as always, thank you for joining us here on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Uh, until next time, everybody. I am, as always, Maximus Chad Allen, and we always say. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a whole decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are more touching wieners, Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin.